Again, glad you're here. I want to encourage you every single week to think about who you can invite. We had a, a jump up today. We're glad for the attendance jump. I want to encourage everybody to invite somebody to join you uh, every single Thursday. Today, we're going to continue looking at a study we started a few weeks ago, actually about seven weeks ago, looking at, uh, we're going to look at five great men of the Bible. We looked at the life of Abraham. Uh, today is the second week that we're looking at the life of Moses. Now, remember last week when we started looking at Moses, we saw that the Bible said that God spoke to him as a friend and how tremendous it is that it could be said that he lived in such a way or he had such a life and really such a relationship that God himself spoke to him as a friend. Uh, what a tremendous thing that is. Well, thinking about that, in all of these men, we see just that, that they are just men. They are men like us. And the hope of that is that as we read about them, as we study about them, uh, that we have the same potential. We have the same possibility. Sometimes we think, you know what? I could never be like that. God could never use me like that. These guys are so far above us. But actually, they are men like us. They woke up just like we do. They, they, they walked and talked and sinned and messed up in the same way that we do. And so we have the same potential. We have the same possibility. And that's really the good news as we look at these great men. Oh, we could never be like that. And yet the truth is we have the same potential as men. Well, today as we, as we move to the, the second week looking at the life of Moses, uh, we're going to look at the call of Moses, a very interesting account, the call of Moses. We're in Genesis chapter 3, and I want to encourage you uh, to, to remember to bring your Bible on Thursdays, and you can follow along. If you don't have it today, uh, I'll read it to you. But we're in Genesis chapter 3, and I'm going to walk us through some verses today. Genesis chapter 3, beginning in the first verse. And here's where we start today. Now Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, in this verse, the first verse of chapter 3, there's a lot really to see in the context. There's a lot to, to understand in the context of this first verse. Now, think about this. Remember Moses, uh, he was raised in the courts of Pharaoh. He, Pharaoh's daughter raised him as her own. Uh, he was raised as an Egyptian. Uh, remember the account last week, he, in a rage, killed uh, an Egyptian that he found abusing a Hebrew, and then in fear, he ran. Well, uh, in the account last week, he goes to Midian, which really is in the middle of nowhere. So he, he runs to the, 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 the land of nowhere, the middle of nowhere, and he marries a lady. Her dad was the priest of Midian. Um, then in our verse today, see the context develop. It says that he is pasturing his flock. And so I want you to see this when we start with our verses today. Here is Moses, and he had failed. He had killed a man. He had run from the situation. Remember, Pharaoh was going to kill him. He had actually gone into hiding. And so he's messed up. He's failed. He's run. He's gone into hiding. And if you look at his life, it really had not been a successful life. Uh, the Bible tells us about the time of this event, he is 80 years old. And so he's not a young man. This is many years into his life. And we find that he's working as a shepherd. Now, 
Uh, sometimes we think, well, a shepherd would be a pretty good job. Understand, that was the lowest of the jobs. That was, a, that was a low, low job. He is out watching the sheep. He would go out with the sheep. He would stay out with the sheep. He would protect the sheep. But it was a low, low job. And then it's even worse than that. It's not even his own sheep. And so he's not somewhere watching, watching his own sheep. He's watching the sheep of his father-in-law. And so understanding the context here, from this great beginning, being taken in and, and raised there in, in Pharaoh's court, really his life has sort of fallen apart. And that's where we find him today. Day after day, he gets up and he goes out in the hot sun and he spends the day with these sheep. Day after day, uh, he watches these sheep and they're not even his. He won't take any profit in them. Day after day, this is the best prospect he has. And I think that's probably a, a very telling thing. He doesn't expect that it's going to get any better. He doesn't think that next month is going to be any different than this month. And that is the life that he's leading. I want to tell you, most likely, that's probably not what he'd hoped for. I think if you found him when he was 20, he never wanted to hope that he would be watching somebody else's sheep when he was 80 years old. I bet you most likely he felt like his life had passed him by. Do you see this? Do you see the pattern here? For some reason, that seems to be the people that God uses. Here's this guy, and he's messed up. Here's this guy, and he's run. He's actually in hiding. Here's this guy, and his best years are behind him. Here's this guy, and he's out watching sheep, a low, menial job, and it's not even his sheep. It's those of his father-in-law. No one even knows where he's at. He has to think about, man, I blew it. And yet God knows where he's at. Those are the folks God seems to use. Look at verse two. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. Now, he's out, he's with these sheep. And as he's, as he's passing through, it says this wilderness he noticed there is a bush that is blazing and the, the bush is not being consumed. Now, when I, when I think about this, I can't help but think about a couple things. First off, I can't really go through these verses and not think about Charlton Heston and think about the movie and see that picture. Uh, but really, I, I see something else. I don't know, when I was a kid, uh, we would have a live Christmas tree. And when Christmas is over, we would take the Christmas tree out and it was always a cool thing to burn the Christmas tree. And we would take it out and we'd get the ornaments off of it and still have the tinsel on it. And we'd light a match and I can still, my brother and I take it out and boom, that, the tree would go and then it would be gone. It would flash, it would burn, it would sparkle, crack, and then it would be gone. That is the picture of this, except it's not gone. It flashes, it burns, it blazes, and yet it's not consumed. A very radical sign, verse three. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight while the bush is not burned up. Marvelous means a sight that would make you gawk at it. He's actually marveling at it. Here he is out in the wilderness. This, this bush is burning. It's not consumed. And he says he must turn and marvel at this sight. Verse four. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. 
And he said, here am I. Here in verse four, it gets to be very clear. Um, it is God himself. This is God himself. And God says from the midst of the blazing, the burning bush, Moses, Moses. And in verse four, Moses answers, here am I. Verse five. Then he said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Understand this is a sign of reverence to remove your sandals from your feet. It was actually a sign of deep reverence. God says this is holy ground. The word holy means set aside, not like others. And so, so God says this, this ground is not like other ground. This ground is holy ground. And so he takes off his sandals in reverence of the holy ground. Now the reason it was holy was because of the presence of God. Verse six now. He also said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. In verse 6, this, this tremendous account is taking place. In verse 6, God reveals himself. Moses, Moses, and he turns and he sees this sight. Here am I. Well, now in verse 6, God tells him, I am the God of your people. I'm, I'm the one that you know to be the one true God. I'm the, I'm the God of Abraham. Remember the promise that was made to him. I'm that God. I'm the God of Isaac and I'm the God of Jacob. Moses is talking to God. That's a huge thing. That's a tremendous thing. Moses is talking to God. Now the Bible says this. He hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Now that's a very, very telling thing. He understands who he's talking to. God reveals himself. And it says that Moses hides his face for he's afraid to look at God. Now, I want you to think about something for just a second. Today, our day, our culture, I'm afraid we've become pretty flippant in how we deal with God, haven't we? We've, we've become pretty lax and how we talk about God, how we think about God. We've become pretty careless in how we treat God. We've become, and I don't know how it happened, but we've become used to the idea of our God. He is powerful. He is awesome. He's the creator of all things. He's the sustainer of all things. And somehow in our day, we've become commonplace with that. We've even become cool to the idea of God. Let me, let me just tell you this, and I, I believe this, and, I, and I, I came across it in a sermon about three or four years ago. I believe part of the problem today with our commitment, and I'm going to say especially as us as men, part of the problem today with our devotion to God as men is we're no longer astonished by God. I think that's, you know, why can't I commit? Why isn't this a top priority? Why do I don't consider God in my life? I think we're no longer astonished with God. We no longer stand in awe of God. Let me tell you something. If we could see his glory, if we could understand his power, if we start to think about his mercy, his greatness, his kindness, his salvation, we could, we, we could be committed. You know what? It wouldn't, it wouldn't be so hard of a thing for us. We could, we could be devoted. I think we've lost our astonishment with God. Moses, Moses, and he says, here am I. And he says, I'm the God, the one true God. And he hides his face 
because he was afraid of God. He can't even look at him. Verse seven, the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I am aware of their suffering. Verse seven says that God knows, God sees. We're, we're really seeing some things about God revealed. Uh, he hasn't just set us into motion somewhere and watching how it plays out. God sees and God cares. Verse eight. So I have come down, now listen to this. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and spacious land, the place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. Listen to the start of that. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians. I want you to be sure and see this in verse 8. He's going to use Moses. He's going to work through Moses. But he's the one that's going to do it. I have come down. Notice that. I have come down to deliver. He is the one that's going to do it. Friends, understand God is our deliverer. God is the one who saves. God is the one who comes down and saves his people. Now, I, when I read those verses and I think about those verses today, uh, I can't help but think about Isaiah and the prayer that, that's recorded in Isaiah chapter 64. Uh, remember that, that prayer? Uh, Isaiah says, oh, that you would rend the heavens and that you would come down. It's so desperate. Oh, oh God, that you would rend the heavens and that you yourself would come down. It literally translates that you would tear open the heavens and that you would come down. I want you to see today, that is our God. That is our God. He sees and he cares and he himself comes down. I want you to see this. That's ultimately Jesus Christ. When he sees the sinful state of man, when he sees we're stuck and we're condemned and we're lost in our sin, he doesn't say, well, I hope there's an answer. He doesn't say, we're gonna put something in motion for an answer. He himself comes down and he is our deliverer. That is our God. He says, I have come down to deliver them out of Egypt. Now we're gonna stop there next week, this week. Next week, uh, we're, we're gonna look at who God is in this account. And I'll just tell you right now, if you wanna be astonished with who God is, come next week and, and see in our verses as he reveals himself in his name. And so again, we're gonna stop there this week. Next week, we're gonna see how God reveals himself in his name. But today, I wanna end by thinking about this. I wanna end by seeing this. Think about this today. Here is an ordinary desert. In fact, I would say a less than ordinary desert. It's a pasture. There's sparse grass. He's having to move around to find grass. There's, there's shrubs and some bushes. There's rocks. Here's this less than ordinary desert. Here's this ordinary man. In fact, I, I would say less than an ordinary man. Here's this man, and it seems that life has passed him by and too much time has gone by, and he's had too many problems in his life, and he's got these things he can't overcome, and no one even knows where he's at. They might talk about, remember that guy, Moses? We don't even know where he went to. Here's this guy less than an ordinary man, and here's this ordinary bush. This is really astounding. Just a bush 
Here's this less than ordinary bush out in the middle of nowhere until God shows up. And then when God shows up and when God steps in, this less than ordinary desert becomes holy ground. Take your shoes off. This is holy ground. When God steps in, this less than ordinary bush, just a bush becomes the throne of God, becomes the the palace of God where the presence of God radiates forth. He didn't need some show. He didn't need some palace somewhere. He used an ordinary bush. And then I want you to see this. This less than ordinary man, a man that time had passed him by, becomes a tool in the hand of God Almighty to deliver his people, setting them free. The difference is God. All of that today to say this. Here you sit today. And maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, I I didn't think my life would end up like this. I didn't see my life being where it's at today. And maybe you're sitting there today and saying, man, I've, I've had some things and I blew them. I had some chances and I messed them up. You know what, I've even run from some problems. I've hidden from some problems. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, you know what, I feel like my, my, my best years are gone and they're behind me now. No one even knows where I'm at today. And I would say this, friends, that's exactly where God works. Friends, that's exactly who God works in. That is our God. Same potential, same possibility, each of us sitting here today. The difference is not us. The difference is God. Glad you're here. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Glad you are here today. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. We're thankful for you. I'm thankful that, that first off, we have forgiveness in Christ. We have restoration in Christ. We have a new start in Christ. I'm thankful we have a clean slate in Christ Jesus We praise you for that. Lord, I I pray as we sit here and there's some young men in this room and there's some older men in this room, I pray as we sit here and hear this, we would understand, you know what, we have the same potential to bring glory to your name. We have the same possibility to to be a sharp instrument in the hand of the living God. Lord, use us as that. I pray for some here that say, you know what, life has passed me by. I pray that we would see in this example the difference is God. I pray for some that say, well, I've sinned too too greatly. I've I've gone too far. That we would see the difference is God. Lord, I pray that we would be encouraged today, that we'd be willing today, that we would leave and be obedient today. And I pray that there would be men in this room that could be used for the glory of the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Lord, we love you today. We praise you. We thank you. We submit this to you. We worship you. And I pray all of this. In Jesus' name, amen.